Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. This is episode 206. The title of the podcast is A Media Platform Banned Our Content for a Violation. I want to share with you something that just recently happened. One of the media platforms where we publish our resources is Medium. Medium is just a name like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, but it, it is a popular platform where millions of people come every day and read all sorts of articles on all kinds of topics, and people love Medium, and we have been using, using Medium for a few years now to publish our content. In fact, the same articles that you read on our website are on Medium as we publish them, and so we've been using this platform Recently, they sent us an email to inform us that we violated their policies by posting one of our articles on their website, on their platform. This type of ban or violation is not the first time that our content did not meet the cultural standards, and it won't be the last. And so I want to share with you, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about not what's coming, but what's here Christians, persecution of Christians, the suppressing of their content on social media platforms, and how we can respond to that, and the need for us to think about pivoting, about changing, about flexing, about doing things differently from how we have been doing them over the past few years, because freedom of speech is being attacked all over the world, but it's being attacked in America, and there's a growing popularity for only one kind of speech, and that speech has everything to do with anti-Christian, has everything to do with banning what we believe and what we're trying to put forth uh, in the space so that people can listen and learn, and hopefully that God's Word can continue to go forth. Social media is a wonderful mechanism for sharing the message of Christ, but we are not in control of that mechanism. And sometimes, like what Medium did to one of our articles here, they can suppress, they can ban, they can deplatform you, move you off their platform, and thus all the work that you have invested, everything that you put into it, whatever growth that you have accumulated over a period of time, all of that can vaporize in a moment. If you want to read what I'm sharing with you here, it is episode 206, and the title of it is A Media Platform, in this case Medium, Banned Our Content for a Violation. And so you can read everything that I'm sharing with you now if you wish, and you can share these show notes, which I would appreciate it if you would do that, with other people. And especially for those of you who are blogging, those of you who are using technology redemptively to communicate the message of Christ, this is a... This is a vital podcast for you to think about and for you to really reflect upon your marketing strategies, if you want to use that term, or your missional strategies, if you want to put it in a Christocentric framework, but you need to rethink how you are doing it and and be proactive, uh, think futuristically, be intentional, uh, so that all the work that you do all the work that you are doing does not vaporize uh, in a moment because someone doesn't like what you are doing. Our worldview with our ministry is to go into all the world with the practical gospel of Jesus Christ. Our specific aspect and gifting, as it pertains to the Great Commission, is discipleship. You know, the Great Commission in, in, in Matthew 28 is to go and 
evangelize and people become converted and then you baptize them and then you disciple them. You teach them all that Jesus taught us so that they can go into all the world. And so there is a cyclic effect to the Great Commission. And if you look at it like that, the part of the Great Commission that we focus on more than anything else is the area of discipleship. Some people call it biblical counseling. I prefer discipleship. Helping other Christians to be more effective Christians by teaching them the practical message of Jesus Christ. Now, I love evangelism. We love evangelism, and we don't, do not shy away from it. Anytime that we have the opportunity to share the message of Christ to an unbeliever, but our, or maybe my unique gifting is in progressive sanctification. It's just how things have played out in, in my life. And so I have devoted my life, my, the majority of my adult life, to helping people. And helping Christians specifically in this area of, of personal transformation. And, and the primary way that we do this or have been doing this since 2008 is through what I call the redemptive use of technology. Using technology redemptively. There is an echo of omnipresence with technology, meaning that, that you can wrap the globe in a moment, in a second, in a millisecond, today. I have been all over the world as I sit here in Greenville, South Carolina, and so our unique gifting is progressive sanctification, and the methodology, our missional strategy is the redemptive use of technology is how we can express our gifts to the world. In 2007, Apple gave us the iPhone, and that was a transitional time in our history. The iPhone changed everything as we as we know it and you have been impacted by the iPhone and and the millions of mobile devices that have come out since that point in 2007 but with the iPhone came the proliferation of social media platforms iPhones or mobile devices and social media platforms go hand in hand and so now you have a mini computer in your hand where you can go into all the world, and social media is the way, the primary way that people do that, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Medium, this platform where we publish our content. But there has been a proliferation of, of social media platforms since 2007 when Apple gave us the iPhone. And before this advent of the phone, websites were the popular way of reaching the masses. Before, what we used to do, if you wanted information, you went to somebody's website. Everybody had a website, and that was the central place. If you wanted information about a company, about an organization, about an individual, you can read their website. But what happened is that Though websites were the popular way for reaching the masses, the iPhone brought social media, and then there was a culture shift to where the masses migrated to their favorite social media platform. You think about how you consume content today. Virtually all of you consume content, or at least the place where you receive the initial message from the organizations that you like is from a social media platform, not from their website. People, the majority of people who get their first hint at a new article that we produce do so on social media, not from our website. 
I can put a new article on our website and virtually nobody would read it. But as soon as I post it on Facebook, thousands of people come back to our website. Or perhaps you like watching YouTube videos and people put their message in a video. And then if you're interested, you go back to their website. Or maybe you like Twitter or whatever it is, but that is the first place where, or maybe it's a podcast. And so you're on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn or Podbean or wherever. But all of those are social media platforms. They are not websites. And so where people want to receive their information since 2007 is on social media platforms, not websites. And that is the huge culture shift. And thus, we had to change our missional thinking. In the beginning, let's build a website. People would gather here, and they would get the information that they want and then go do whatever it is that they want to do. The iPhone came, social media platforms sprung up everywhere, and then people just started congregating in all of these places, and there are so many social media platforms, Instagram, Snapchat, on and on and on, Twitch. There were two things that we had to understand as we began to make our own change in our missional thinking. One, each platform is different. And so we had to learn how to communicate our message to the unique expectations of that platform. What we communicate or what we share on Instagram is different from what we share on Twitter. And what we share on Instagram and Twitter is different than what we share on Facebook. And what we share on YouTube is different from all of the previously mentioned ones. Every platform is different. And so we had to understand our audience in these unique platforms. You can think of it like a missionary going into, a third, or into many third world countries. If you go to the Dominican, you have to learn that culture. If you go to Africa, you have to learn that culture. Or a country in Africa, you have to learn that culture. If you go to a country in South America, you have to learn that culture. If you go to a, a particular city in the United States, you have to learn that culture. And so social media platforms are like that. They are, aren't all the same. And so we had to begin to study the demographics, study these different platforms, and then communicate in a way in which they want it. So that was the first thing that we had to do. But the second thing that happened is that we no longer controlled the platform. And this second point, no longer controlling the platform, we controlled our website. We can do what we want on our website. We can say anything that we want on our website. We can build it however we want it on our website. But on a social media platform, you don't have that liberty. And this second point meant that we were at the mercy of the owners of the medium. And in this case, it was medium the social media platform. A term for what I'm talking about here is sharecropping. We became sharecroppers. And what that means is, is that we don't own the land, but we are merely renting space on someone else's property. We don't own Facebook. We are renting space. We don't own Medium. We are renting it. We're sharecropping. We don't own YouTube or Twitter or LinkedIn. And as you can see... This puts any of us in a vulnerable position, especially if they do not like our content. And this brings us back to Medium. They didn't like our content. 
I'll read to you, and it's here in the show notes, the unedited message that Medium sent to us about a particular article. And you can find that article on our website. The title of the article was, The Gay Guy Said that I was born this way. And it's an article that I wrote to, I wrote it to any person who feels stuck in the gay lifestyle, same-sex attraction, and they, they want to change. And I wanted to communicate a message of hope and transformation rooted in the gospel that they could read. And we have had many gay people come to our ministry and find help through our ministry. Of course, they can come to our website and they can receive that help from here. But when we start placing our resources in a sharecropping community like Medium, well, then we can be banned because we are violating their rules. And here's what it said from Medium. Hello. After review of the post below, and they linked the post, Medium's trust and safety team has found it to be in violation of site policies. As a result, it has been suspended from the platform. Thank you, Medium Trust and Safety. A very short message, but they removed this article from the platform. And what that means to you and me, it means there's really no more freedom of speech. Now, one of the things, I won't get into this here, but it is a thing, and I'll just put it out there for your consideration. There is a difference between a platform and a publishing company. A publishing company can be a magazine. It can be you know, Crossway Books. It can be anybody that's publishing content. A publishing company, uh, or a newspaper, for, that exa- for, for example, a publishing company can pick and choose what they want to publish. They can discriminate because they are a publisher, but a platform is not a publisher. Those are two different things. A platform is set up where anybody in the world can come and they can put their information on the platform. But when a, a platform like Medium acts like a publisher, but they're not, and there's, there's laws against this. If you say that you are a platform where you host anybody's content, then you can't discriminate. You must let them say whatever it is they need to say. But what we have here is a platform acting like a publisher. You see Crossway Books, for example, is a publisher, and they can pick and choose who they want to publish. If they read your manuscript and they don't like it, they just say, we don't like your manuscript, and we're not going to publish your book, and that's fine. They can do that because they are a publisher. But Medium is not a publisher. They are a platform. And so there, there's legal issues here. And what Medium will have to do, or maybe at some point they will have to do this, is say that, no, we're no longer a platform, but we are a publisher, and we will pick and choose. But right now, they are a platform acting like a publisher, and that's illegal. But for us, what does it mean? It means no more freedom of speech. Now, I have known for a while that that social media networks and platforms would be censoring Christian materials. We're not the first and at the rate in which they do this will only increase in frequency and expand in reach. And more than likely, you have already heard of this, where they have been censoring somebody because they didn't like what they were saying. And so now there are people who are in charge of what people can say on platforms. And if they don't like your message, you're out of here. Now, this creates a huge problem for those of us who, who cherish the message of Christ and cherish Christ. 
and want to share his message to as many people as possible. And we're using the redemptive use of technology as the means to be missionally minded around the world. But you can see that we have a tenuous relationship with all of these social media platforms. The tension is, I do understand those places where the masses are, including Christians. We understand where they are, and we know how to communicate to them. That's part of the tension and I would appeal to you as you think about your social media platforms that, that you ask God to give you insight and wisdom and then do the due diligence to study these unique social media platforms so that you can understand how to reach them. You, you don't want to go to a third world country as a white guy in a white shirt and a necktie with a Bible under your arm and try to convert them into your lifestyle preferences. No, you need to go to that third world country and learn them, become as them. That is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus took on the form of humanity. He took on the form of a man, and he, he came here and became like us and began to engage us according to how we are without compromising, of course, without sinning, obviously, and began to communicate the message in a way that we understood it. It's just basic missions 101. And the way that that applies in social media is that you have to study each one of these social media platforms and then communicate in a way in which the masses want to be communicated. So that's the first part of the tension, and that's fine. You have to learn this. But the second part is the issue of censorship. These platforms might not like what you are doing. And we, I have personally spent many years not, uh, studying these social media platforms and trying to communicate to them in a way that they want to be communicated. I've, tell, I've told several people that I, I spend as much time studying God's Word as I do studying technology and, and this thing that I'm communicating to you here because it's an ever-changing thing. We're in an ever-changing environment. Technology is truly moving at the speed of the Internet. And what we were doing in 2008, we're not doing here now in 2019. And I know that in 2029, if I'm still living, we won't be doing then what we're doing today because technology evolves rapidly. And so you're constantly studying these things so that you can communicate in the most effective ways possible. Okay, but then there's the problem of censorship when they say that we don't like you anymore. So the consequences of these relationships could be missionally disastrous if you put all your ministry eggs in one social media basket, like Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, Instagram, Medium. And so if you're building a ministry and you're putting all your social media eggs in, in one basket and you don't have a backup plan, they can deplatform you. They can deplatform anyone without warning or recourse. And so I want you to think about that. I'm, I'm not asking or suggesting that you stop using social media. I am suggesting that you better have a backup plan because if, if they see something they don't like and they shadow ban or they suppress or they deplatform you, well, then all your work, you, you, you will not be reaching the world with your wonderful message of Christ. Here's an illustration from the secular world. Many of you are familiar with Dennis Prager 
Dennis Prager is a Jewish man who produces excellent videos on social and political issues. They're actually really good. Well, YouTube banned a few of his videos that were teaching Christian ethics. Dennis Prager is a Jewish man who adheres to the the Old Testament, but he communicates things that really are in line. Many of his what his teaching is in line with Christian ethics. And YouTube equated his teaching to pornography. They really did. Dennis was recently uh, in Washington, D.C., testifying to the suppression of his resources before a panel, and it is really an argument for freedom of speech. He, did, he decided to take it to court, and, and that is in process now. And, of course, he's way more popular than we are, and they were suppressing millions of video, not millions of the hits that were suppressed were millions of likes, millions of hits on YouTube for a certain number of videos that he had produced. And so it's here. And because of that, as I said, you need a, a backup plan. Suppression is here. Freedom of speech is, is being um, manipulated and being controlled by those who are antagonistic to Christ. And so you need to think about a missional pivot and I'm sharing this podcast with you today, but this, these are not new thoughts for me. I've been thinking about this for, for many years now because you could see it coming. And so any Christian organization that is attempting to spread their values to the culture will be in their line of fire. The cultural gatekeepers, you will be in their line of fire. And it is because of this that we have been praying for years for the right kind of website that would accommodate our massive resource library while also providing a place where Christians can congregate without violating someone's code of conduct. And it is a stretch goal without question of what we're trying to do because, quite honestly, Christians love their social media platforms. They are addicted to these social media platforms. That's where they want to be, and they're seeing it from the user end, and I understand that because it's convenient to them. They just pick one spot. They pick one missional community to hunker down in, and they will not be moved. But on the other end, on the, on the missionary end, I realize that this is a tenuous relationship. It is a, a problem and so what we are hoping to do is to, one by one, migrate these folks back to a website, the historical way, historical way as far as 15, 20 years ago, but the traditional way, historical way of, of consuming content from websites rather than social media platforms because we're just being restricted. And so with that in mind, I ask you, Will you pray for our ministry? I want you to pray for two specific things. One, that you would bring volunteers to our ministry, folks who have a gifting to enhance anything that we're doing. And that's pretty broad. It can be editors of our resources, editors of the books, editors of the articles. It could be web developers, people working on the back end, enhancing things on the back end. It can be graphic designers, video experts, whether they're producing videos, editing videos, making videos. It can be social media people, 
who are savvy in social media or any other thing that would help us to do what we do more effectively, to enhance our website. And so I would ask you to, I'm asking you to pray specifically that the Lord would bring volunteers to our ministry. For example, let me give you an illustration. One person with experience in coding volunteered to build our article page out for our new website. He he likes what we are doing. He's been affected by what we were doing and what we are doing. And he, he said, Hey, I I'm able to do this and it's not that hard for me to do it because I've been doing it for a long time and I would love to help you in the area of coding. And then we had another lady, a lady come and, and she has the gift of administration. She has a broad gift of administration. She can she can do a lot of things and she volunteered to help with our never-ending needs to accommodate those who, who come to us daily. We have thousands of people, multiplied thousands of people that come to us every day. And as you can imagine, I mean, if you had, you know, say 5,000 people that came to your door in one day, you would need uh, administrating gifting and a process to be able to handle all the questions and the things that come to us. And so I would ask that you would pray that if, if you are able... If you're looking for a place to use your gifts and they are in line with what we're doing, please let us know. I have a link here where you can contact us. But the second thing that I, I want you to pray is that ask God to bring in the finances that we need to keep this ministry moving. Right now, we're in the middle of a $25,000 website project, and that's just the beginning of, of what we're trying to do by renovating our website to make it expandable so that we can continue to accommodate our growth. Our growth is amazing. It is encouraging. It is humbling. But it is also very challenging, and we need, to, we need the help so that we can continue not just doing as we're doing, but continue to grow. As I said earlier, that technology evolves every week. Something is changing, and we need to keep up with those changes. And so those are the two things that, that I would love for you to consider. If you're looking for a growing ministry that is doing transformational work to support then would you please become a supporting member or become a, a donor? It is more vital than ever that we migrate folks from social media and back to our website where we can control the narrative of our content without fear of reprisal or suppression. You see, we are not a brick-and-mortar ministry. Our worldwide sanctification center is in cyberspace. And we must be wise and intentional in how we operate this ministry as well as reach the world with the practical message of Christ. The title of this podcast, Life Over Coffee, is episode 206, and everything that I just shared with you is in these show notes here with a whole lot of links if you want to check out these various things. But the title of it is, A Media Platform Banned Our Content for a Violation. Let me give you a summary. There is so much more that we can do. It is amazing at what God has done in this ministry, and the potential is, in a virtual way, it's, it's unlimited. But the vital thing for us is to always be thinking about how to move our community from these secular platforms like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and so forth and into our Global Sanctification Center, which is our website, where we can share, explain, teach, consult, collaborate, 
and reach the world without the culture gatekeepers telling us that we cannot. And so I would love for you, if, if you need to read through these show notes, would you do that? But would you pray for this ministry? It continues to grow each day, literally, it continues to grow, and it has been for more than a decade now. And God has blessed it, and, and we want to continue to keep up with it, but we do need your help. And so if you have unique gifting that you would like to, to give, to, to volunteer to our, our website, to our ministry, where you can help us, you say, Rick, what, what, what would that entail? Well, it would be better for you to look at our ministry. If you look at what we're doing and you say, oh, well, have you thought about doing this? You need to do this better, and I can do this for you. That would be the ideal thing. And so if, if there's something that you see here or something that we could do better, and you want to be the one to carry that ball, if you want to own it, then please talk to us. Now, perhaps you don't have a, a gift a gifting or a talent for the type of ministry that we have, but you're able to support us, then will you do that? Uh, would you help us in this missional endeavor? It is a good work, but we can't do it without our community. If you have any questions about this or want to talk to me, please jump on our forums and you can talk about this, and I'd be glad to share whatever information that you need. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.